You're listening to TBD, a podcast for brilliant coaches, consultants, helpers, and healers creating their best work and their most meaningful contribution. I'm your host, Megan Hale, business strategist and thought partner to help you distill your wisdom into your most potent offers and the multiple six figures that go with it. I'll be the first to tell you though, as someone who's done it, this path is far from a straight line. There are highs, there are lows, and so many moments of uncertainty in between. But if there are two things I know to be true, it's you always know what you need to know when you need to know it. And the next right step is always on its way. Let's do this. Hello, hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode. I am so excited to take you behind the scenes of the process that I'm going through right now as I'm moving through the rebrand. And one of the things that I think is really sometimes mystifying for a lot of us who are out here building a body of work is what really goes into a framework. And I kind of wanted to break that down into a couple of different sections to really get your brain working on your own intellectual property, how you can name pieces of your intellectual property, and how all of those pieces really start to come together to build out your body of work. So if you join me for a body of work that lasts this past December, 2022, this was the last value week that I led, which if you were new to my world and a lot of my naming conventions, Value Week is really when we are delivering a multi-day training event for a program launch. And I always believe in leading with value first and foremost before I ever invite people into an offer with me. And over the years, that just started to become known as Value Week because that's what that week is there for, right? It's for us to show up, share value with our people and help them get clarity on not only what it's like for them to work with you, but also what it is that you do and how it is that that you uniquely help. And so our value week is really an opportunity for us to show up and shine and to showcase like, this is who I am. This is how I work. These are some of the frameworks that I've developed and how they can really help you step into X, Y, Z, whatever your core objectives or results are for your particular offers or body of work. So value weeks for me are always one of my favorite things of really gathering community together, going deep together, like actually working together, usually for free for us to actually really get some deep work done together in your business. And I think that's the other thing that sets this value week strategy apart is that this is not an opportunity for you to just show up and teach and just overwhelm people with a lot of information, right? This is really an opportunity for you to show up in a very distilled way. And you're teaching bite-sized pieces of your methodology and then actually implementing some of those things together. So by the time you get through the end of your value week, you've already helped your people achieve a very specific result, right? You've already helped them move one to two steps closer of having some specific clarity that they needed that allows them to take more action, whether that's with you inside the offer that you are promoting or whether that's with somebody else, right? And so I really am a firm believer of leading with generosity in this way, of providing a high level of value for your people. And for me personally, this is something that I just so love because I love to teach. I love the ahas. I love the takeaways. I love watching like a group of people like really build momentum together. Like it's just so fun for me, right? So during my last value week of a body of work that lasts, I really introduced you to a couple of frameworks of mine, right? And I think frameworks can be a little tricky because what most of us might assume a framework is 
is actually only one aspect of what a framework might be for you. Okay. So for every single business, when we're really starting to refine what it is that we do and how it is that we do it, we're starting to take intuitive processes that we're guiding our clients through and really starting to build systems around that, right? Structure around that sequence around that. That's when your overall business framework, your methodology framework really comes into play. Okay. And your core methodology framework is typically going to showcase three to four pillars that are foundational to your body of work, right? Which are larger themes that really allow you to create like nests, if you will, for your wisdom to organize itself, to start to systematize itself and sequence itself out. Okay. And a framework is also a visual example of what it is that you do. So frameworks can look a couple of different ways, but I think a very traditional model is this try then diagram thing that I'm sure we've all seen. I'll, I'll include a picture of one in the show notes here. So you, you know what I'm talking about, but this is typically a visual representation of showing how your body of work really intersects, right? How these core pillars or themes that are really speaking to your level of mastery, like the things that you want to be known for, right? Are really overlapping and intersecting to help your clients achieve a very specific result. Okay. So that's one example of your core methodology framework. And the reason why this is so incredibly important, well, there's multiple reasons, but the first reason is that really helpful to give language to what it is that you're actually helping people do, right? So for instance, like my prior framework that I'm having to rework was all around stepping into a more supportive experience of money, right? And how did I do that? I really worked on sustainable cash flow by really focusing on your sustainable business design, uh, sustainable sales, really focusing on high level delivery. So you're building in referrals from your people, if you're serving them really well, and that was just one core pillar of my work, right? Of thinking about the sustainable cash flow. in order for us to step into more supportive money, sustainable cash flow is going to be a big piece of that. Right. And so how do we actually do that? The other piece though, so we can't just be focusing on earning more money in a sustainable way. We also have to be managing that money on the back end, right? Because if we're not managing our money, then it doesn't matter how much money you make. You'll never get to a place of abundance or feeling supported by your money because you're not being a steward of it, right? And so financial stewardship, money mastery is also another core pillar of my overall framework, especially when it comes to stepping into more supportive money, right? But the other third pillar of my body of work, which is really kind of what I call my foundational pillars, the anchor point in which everything else stems and moves from is really all around your intentional leadership and who it is that you're being really practicing your values, um, practicing energetic mastery and like being really tight on your boundaries, being connected to your vision and the overall impact that you want to have in the world, right? This is also goes into your own internal leadership of like, how are you showing up for yourself? How are you holding space for vulnerable emotions? How are you navigating hard shit, right? <laughs> because in order for us to continue focusing on sustainable cash flow and also starting to build money mastery and financial stewardship, the best way to be aligned with your money is making sure that the way that you are earning money and the way that you are managing your money, the way that you're directing your money is really grounded in your own integrity and what is true for you, right? And that's why I take such a custom approach to business growth because every single person has different values, has different visions, walks through the world differently, right? Has different personality, has different strengths, all gifts, all of those things, right? And so really being grounded grounded in our intentional leadership of who we are being and stepping into a fuller expression of who we are, it's going to be an essential foundational ingredient for earning more money in a feel good way. And also stepping into more financial stewardship and allowing your money to also
also be a deeper expression of who you want to be in the world. Okay. So that's my overall core framework that I'm having to kind of revise because the thing that shows up in your framework are a couple of key components. Okay. At the very center of your framework is your core invitation of what it is you are really inviting your people into the end result that you want to help them achieve. Okay. In my prior framework, the core invitation is the piece that has a trademark issue. And so that is kind of an important piece. It's one of the hardest pieces to figure out when it comes to your frameworks so of like, what is this ultimate invitation? What's the language I want to use here for what I'm really inviting people into the end result that I really want to help them achieve. Right. And so this core invitation really becomes part of your messaging. It becomes part of your brand. It's a very essential ingredient to how you're positioning yourself in the world, how you're standing out in the market. Okay. And so this core invitation is also an anchor point for us to start building out um, additional messaging, additional sales processes, all of these things. So when this piece has to shift or this piece hasn't arrived yet, it's kind of like we're having to work with this thing that still feels mushy. And it can be a really vulnerable place to be because you're like, I don't really know like this core end result and the language that I want to put around it. And for most of my clients, there's so many results that we're helping our clients achieve. Like how do we narrow it down to just this one thing, right? So super, super challenging. But the other thing that a framework does is not only does it serve as an anchor point for your messaging and the invitation that you're making for your people, but it also will serve as a foundation for building out your core curriculum, your core methodology, right? This isn't just a visual tool that we use with our clients to explain what it is that we do. We actually use this of building out our systematic process, our systematic method of what, what do we need to teach? What are the trainings that we need to create? What is the step-by-step -step process I'm really guiding my people through? Okay. So uh, having a business framework is very, very important. If you want to get to a place where you're able to get consistent results for your people, because you're following a consistent process, right? So the thing that I like about my approach with frameworks is that we also don't edge intuition out. Okay. So when we go into overall program design, we're going to look at what actually needs to be taught from your overall framework. And then how are we going to actually implement that? Which is where those high touch points really come into how you're really serving your people and customizing what it is that you're teaching to the individual client. Okay. And I think that a blend of this, like a hybrid blend like this, having some things that are very systematic and is sequenced out, right? Step by step. Here's what we're going to focus on first. Here's what we're going to focus on next. Here's what we're going to focus on after that and so on. But then how you're actually going to implement that and customize that to the individual client is what really sets group programs apart than just having a step-by-step -step process where there is no customization. Okay. But the benefit of actually systematizing your methodology and your framework is that that provides assets for your clients to lean on without needing you to be there live. And then they can go through some of those trainings or that step-by-step -step process that you've laid out. And so when you do meet live, you're able to go deeper because they already have an understanding of what it is that they are trying to build or trying to do. So lots of benefits of having your core methodology laid out in a beautiful framework that really gives language to what it is that you do, how it is that you do it, your unique approach to doing it all of those beautiful things, and then how that's going to translate into a step-by-step -step process that can then be customized to your specific client. Okay. Now I will go ahead and tell you that the level of customization that is required is different for every single one of my clients and their unique body of work. For some of us, if we're teaching a lot of tactical tools and strategies and things like that, then there might not necessarily be a whole lot of customization needed because we're teaching somebody how to do something, right? Like 
some of those processes are going to be the same for everybody. For instance, when I'm teaching good, better, best goals, like uh, that process is the same for every single person, but it's going to yield a very specific result based on the specific numbers that my clients are entering into their calculator. Okay. However, for some of my clients, they have highly customized work. So thinking about my astrologers that I work with, for instance, like they can also teach a lot of their step-by-step process. Like, okay, this is what we're starting to learn about inside your chart, but then they have to add further customization for what their clients' charts are actually telling them about themselves, right? Because everybody's chart is going to be different and they might be teaching them how to read that chart and how to interpret it or whatever that might look like. But having some space in order to process that out or to bounce some ideas around is likely going to be helpful for that type of work, right? So having the core methodology laid out, giving some systematic process, super, super helpful. And the level of customization that will be needed is going to be dependent on your unique body of work, okay? So having your methodology framework laid out, crystallized, so incredibly helpful. And it's also like a really huge up level for how you are thinking about your work and most importantly, how you're talking about your work. A lot of my clients have not developed frameworks before they start working with me. And so it's a really huge experience for them to start giving language and names to their own processes, their own intellectual property, their, some of the unique steps that they're guiding their clients through and how that fits into their overall framework. But most importantly, it's really giving them a higher level view of how they talk about what it is they do, the specific results that they help their clients achieve, how it is they're helping them achieve those results, which is a really powerful place to be for helping to articulate your value, like what it is that you do and how it is that you do it, right? And so for a lot of my clients who've been working very intuitively without a framework in place, when people are like, well, what is it that you do? It's like, well, I do lots of things, right? And so we kind of like run down this list and like, well, what are you going to help me do? We run down this list of all the possible results we're going to help people do, right? A framework really helps distill all of those pieces, refine all of those pieces, deeply clarify all those pieces. So it tightens everything up. And I think that's a very important piece when you reach like the refining stage of business. Okay. Which we'll definitely have another episode about with the different stages of business growth. Cause I think it's really, really helpful to understand where you currently are. And just kind of a brief synopsis, we have the building stage, which is when we're building our processes, we're working with lots of people. We're getting a lot of different experiences, working with them and the results we are able to help them achieve what we love to help people do, how we love to help people do it. All of that is very important in the building stage, because this is when you're going to start developing some of your processes that will eventually be translated into your overall framework, right? The refining stage is when we already have that experience. Now we need to start putting some language around it, some systems around it. So you can really deeply clarify what it is that you do the specific results you want to help people achieve and point to your particular offers to help people get those specific results. Okay. So that's definitely part of the refining mode. The only exception for this is when I'm working with therapists or people who are coming from another profession, for instance, into the coaching arena, they already have a lot of processes that they've been helping their clients through with their current profession. Right. And so it's really about how can we lean on the wisdom that you're bringing into this new area by adding in these other passions of yours, right? these other uh, certifications maybe, or different modalities that that you're really ready to step into. And how can we create a cohesive framework with all of those things? Okay. So I would say if you are very new to being a service provider, you really have to go through that building stage and getting that experience. For those of you who are coming into the coaching industry, already being a service provider in a different modality, you are likely ready to go ahead and create a framework like right off the bat. So you can really integrate your past wisdom into the newer modalities that you also want to weave in 
into your overall body of work. Okay. So building refining stage, both very, very important stages of business. There's a lot of up levels. There's a lot of learning that's going on through all of those phases. And then from there, we move into the streamlining stage when we have at least one core offer created, and we're really ready to start stepping into more of an offer flow. So really starting to build out your offer suite, right? How can I move my clients more intentionally through my body of work? How can I think about an introductory offer that's giving them a feel for what it is that I do and also preparing them to go deeper into my methodology? What's a my foundational offer, my signature offer. It's really taking them to that ultimate result that I want to help people achieve. The streamlining stage is super, super fun, but there's a lot of moving pieces at that stage. And so that's why having a lot of entrepreneurial skills at that point, having been in the game for a little bit is really, really important for mastering some entrepreneurial mindset and all of those things that will really support that process as you really start to build out. Like, your body of work through your offer suite. And then from the streamlining stage, okay? So we have building stage, refining stage, streamlining stage. Now we are finally ready to move into the scaling stage, which is where we're really starting to open up more capacity inside of our offers, which means that we already have offers that are getting very core results for a set number of people, right? And now the questions that we're asking ourselves in that stage is how can I get these consistent results for even more people? What does the structure of that offer look like? Is there more curriculum that I need to develop, et cetera, et cetera, okay? So the thing that I think is really important about this whole building, refining, streamlining, and scaling conversation is that I hear the word scaling get thrown around a lot in this online space. Like you just need to scale to six figures. You just need to scale to seven figures, whatever that is. Scaling is not about scaling more money. Okay. And I think that this is wildly misunderstood. Scaling is about scaling particular results, scaling particular offers, right? And so you have to have those results first, then you have to have an offer that is getting those results before you can even think about scaling. And I think a lot of people are trying to put the cart before the horse, if you will, like, I just need to scale this. Like you need to focus on the results that you're getting your people first and foremost, and get that dialed in. You need to work on that offer that is getting those results repeatedly, like in a small group setting, like maybe 20 people, 30 people, whatever that looks like, it's going to be different for every single entrepreneur. And then once you have that dialed in, now you're ready to scale. And if you try and scale too soon before any of those things are figured out it is going to be the messiest ride of your life. You do not want to do that. Okay. So we're going to focus on results. We're going to focus on offer design. We're going to get those things stabilized first before we even think about scaling. So coming back to the framework conversation, obviously a framework is kind of like a, it's an anchor point for your business to really define what it is that you do, how it is that you do it, the core invitation that you're inviting your people into. Okay. And so what I can share, the first time I ever created my first framework, which is the same framework that I teach now, it was in like 2019 when I was really ready to take like all the money was in my game from 2018. Like, how am I going to help people do this? Right? Like, I know we have to get our good, better, best goals dialed in. I know there's a one key offer that can reach your good goal. I know that there's a sales process that I'm using. That's really successful for me. It's very relationship driven and values focused and all of those things. Like what's the process that I need to be guiding my people through. And that was the first framework that I developed that is still very active in my business today. Right. And so now I'm having to look at, okay, what's the core invitation because the core invitation has to change because the trademark issue. And if I do change the core invitation, does anything in my framework also need to change with it? Right. And so that's the question that I'm asking myself right here, right now. And I will say we had such a good team meeting on Monday this week, as we were kind of like reflecting, like, what does this new framework look like? And the team was so affirming of saying your like everything that you teach gets to stay exactly the same. It's like, we just have to figure out what this new core invitation is, right? What's that ultimate result that you're really inviting your people into? Because we know that it's not going to be about this 
you know, supportive money piece. It's, it's bigger than that at this point. It's more than that, which is also really helpful for me to hear, to really start thinking bigger of like, what am I helping people do? Because I know that there's so much business acumen that's happening inside my containers. And it's not just about stepping into more money. It's not just learning how to manage your money better. It's also about really stepping into a deeper level of leadership and really learning how to run a sustainable, scalable company, right? That's really aligned with your values and the ultimate contribution that you want to make in this world. So I know there's something bigger on its way, which is really exciting for me to dwell on. But coming back to this framework conversation, our core methodology framework is only one type of framework. It's an important one, right? But typically most of us don't start with this core methodology framework first. We build smaller frameworks, right? They end up having to find their home in our overall methodology framework. Okay. So here's what I mean. So if you joined me for a body of work that lasts in December, or you joined me for quantum leap week, which used to be my value week a couple of years ago, which both of them are so incredibly fun to lead. You know that I'm walking you through five core trainings throughout that week, okay? And just as an aside, if you're thinking about what a value week might look like for you, it doesn't have to be five days like mine, okay? This can be three days, it can be four days, it can be five days, but I highly recommend that it's not longer than five days, okay? Because it's just energetically a lot to hold. So I like five days. It's spacious for me to really go deep into my overall frameworks, okay? So here's an example of some frameworks. Good, better, best goals is a framework. It is a process that I'm guiding people through step-by-step step to get clear on their three core revenue goals that are meaningful for them based on their financial needs and dreams, okay? That is a framework. The anatomy of a sustainable business model and how we really start to think about a sustainable offer flow, that is another example of a framework, right? And so these are the things that I actually developed first. Like, how do I want to conceptualize what it is that I'm inviting people into? What are the processes that I'm guiding people through in order to get clear on X, Y, Z? And so I started building my smaller frameworks first that started to build my body of work before I even moved into my core methodology framework, because we have to have processes to put into an overall framework, okay? first and foremost. It doesn't mean that everything has to be figured out and everything has to be created, but you do need to have like a few core steps that become your foundation for what it is that you're doing, the process that you're really guiding people through, and then what needs to come next, right? What are you ready to teach next? That could be another component of your overall methodology that you're now ready to create a miniature framework around, okay? And so the reason that I wanted to have this conversation is that when we're talking about frameworks, I think a lot of us just think about our core methodology framework of like, what it is that we do, how it is that we do it, the core invitation and so on, right? And that's an important one. But the processes that you're developing right here, right now are also going to be frameworks. They're going to be smaller frameworks. They're going to be bite-sized frameworks that are going to build your body of work and ultimately be the things that are included in your larger methodology as a whole, okay? So the reason this is so important is because when you start thinking about the things that you are developing and the processes that you are guiding your people through as a framework, this is your intellectual property, okay? This is something that you have created. It's not what somebody else is doing. It's something that you are uniquely doing. And making this mental shift for how you're seeing yourself and your overall body of work and your unique process, your unique methodology is a very important mindset shift when we're thinking about our businesses as a whole and what we're really inviting people into. It's going to add a higher level of value to how you see what it is that you're doing. 
Because although you might still be working very intuitively with your clients, right? The minute you start weaving in or even naming specific processes, specific frameworks that you're guiding people through, now there's like, there's a system here. There is a process here. You're not just winging it anymore, right? And that is a very important mindset shift for so many of my clients. It adds a level of legitimacy and organization and structure to the services that you're actually providing. And I think that that is one of the things that just, it makes such a huge difference for how my clients are seeing themselves, how they're really seeing their process. And especially my clients who are working very intuitively were like, I'm not really following a process, right? Like I'm just dancing with whatever's in the room. I'm like, you are. And also like, there's process here, right? Like if we were to really get underneath it, I can promise you, like there are some processes that you are guiding your people through. They might show up at different stages of your client's journey and their work with you, but there are specific frameworks that you are using for your clients to get specific results and being able to name them. That's the other thing, naming your process, like good, better, best goals. That's me naming that process of what that is, right? Me naming the anatomy of a sustainable business model. This is just like a triangle diagram, right? (laughs) That I'm really using to help communicate the concept of an offer flow and how we can build in a sustainable sales flow within our businesses by intentionally structuring our body of work into specific offers and specific sequence of offers and all of those things, right? But on paper, this is just a triangle model. But when I name it, the anatomy of a sustainable business model, that now becomes part of my framework, right? That now becomes part of my intellectual property. And so I think for a lot of us who are making the transition from more traditional academia, where we're used to learning other people's frameworks, other people's intellectual property, right? Other people's theories and so on. We don't realize that we have the same permission to develop all of those things for ourselves. Like one of the things that we have to really dismantle in ourselves, especially when you come from traditional education, is that we are so used to coming up in a hierarchical system where some other governing body is telling you that you have done enough or learned enough or have mastered enough to get like a gold seal of approval, to get a degree, to get a license or whatever that is, right? And entrepreneurship does not play by those rules, right? There is no other governing body out here except for you. Like you have to give yourself the gold seal of approval. And one of the ways in which we can do that is starting to name, give language, give order and structure to our overall methodology, to name our processes. That's how all of the greatest thinkers have really built their body of work. They've had to name what this phenomenon is that they're guiding people through, right? They've had to name this tool that they have created. They have to name like all of these things. And we too also have the invitation to name our processes that are unique to us, that become part of our intellectual property, that are part of our core methodology of what makes our approach so incredibly unique. So I hope that this episode is really, really helpful for starting to think about your body of work and starting to give language to it, order, structure, right? Sequence to start to name what it is that you're really doing. The processes that you're guiding your people through is such a huge up level when you start moving in this direction. Okay. And it really does open up the door for so many other things. When you start bringing on team, when you start creating more systems around what it is that you're doing, like all of those things, you have to have some foundational pieces in place to be able to communicate what it is that you do, how it is that you do it, the step-by-step process in which you do it. Right. While also leaving plenty of room for you to still dance with what is in the room. 
for you and your people. Those two things get to coexist. And it's one of my favorite things of really supporting my clients on. And just the, the mindset shifts alone are just amazing to witness of like, oh my God, I could actually like talk about what it is that I do. Like I have a framework now, like a legit framework. I'm like, yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. And you did that, right? You named it. You've given language to what it is that you're ultimately inviting your people into, which also makes sales so much more easier. And also being known for what it is that you do because you've been able to actually name it. So the beautiful thing about having a framework is it puts so many things in order and process and it's, ugh, I love it. And also when you have to revise a framework, <laughs> it can be a little overwhelming because a framework is not always the easiest thing for you to develop, right? Like there's a lot of wisdom that we're trying to integrate. There's a lot of language that we're trying to discern between. There's so many different ways that we can say what it is that we do. Like, what are the terms you want to use? What are the names you want to use? How can you use this as an opportunity to really align all of those with your values, right? Like there is so much here, which is why I think I love this so much because there's just so much depth and breadth to them. And also when you have to redo a framework or revise a framework, like I am, it can also create some difficulty because you're kind of having to go back to square one in a, in a sense of really zoom out. You're having to gain some perspective. You're having to let some things go because we can get very, very attached <laughs> to things that we figure out in our business. It's like, oh, I don't want to have to change this. Right. And so, and that's just a normal human experience. So it is going to ask you to ask yourself bigger questions, which are not bad things, but they're just somewhat challenging things because it's really going to ask you to dig deep. So those bigger questions I find are always the right questions, not always the most comfortable questions when it comes to a framework. But the other thing that I will say about frameworks while we're on the topic is I'm really big on making sure that these are expansive enough to really support your body of work for at least five to 10 years. And so we really want to create a framework that doesn't feel restrictive for you. Like we don't want to create a framework that you're going to outgrow very quickly. We want to make sure that there is space for you to really be deepening your mastery in what it is that you are teaching. Okay. And so of course your framework is going to hold your methodology and the mastery that you already have, but it should also include concepts and processes that you are intentionally still building deeper and deeper mastery in. And these things are typically going to be very, very aligned to your personal interests the things that you are wildly passionate about. Like you have such a hunger for learning more and more about these processes. So you can be the absolute best at what you do. That's the thing that allows a framework to really hold you for years and years and years, because you're not going to get bored of doing the same thing, right? It stays interesting. It stays engaging because you're continuing to learn and explore new layers of this thing that you get to help your people do. And like, that's the beautiful thing about a framework, especially when you can design it from this place where it can hold you for so many years. And that's the thing that my framework does. It has really held my body of work for the past four years. And the overall framework, like my methodology will continue to hold me for years and years and years and years. Um, but the framework might just have to shift or evolve a little bit as I get clear on this core invitation and my brand name and like all of those things. Right. So the thing that I want you to be thinking about is one, definitely check out the show notes of this episode. If you want to see a visual example of what a framework looks like, just to kind of get your wheels spinning. The thing that I also want you to go back to is really going back to those stages of business growth to determine like, is it time for you to create a framework? Right. Cause if you're in the building stage, 
I think it's really more important for you to develop your miniature frameworks, like your miniature processes to really get a grasp on your methodology before you go and create a methodology framework first. Okay. But if you're in the refining stage, if you've been serving clients for years and years, like you've developed some of your processes, it is 100% absolutely time for you to create a framework. If you are already in the streamlining stage, you have a core offer, right? It is definitely, definitely time for you to get this framework in place because not only are you going to need it to scale, right? Especially with bringing on team and like all of those things, even if your team is small, like this is a very, very core ingredient for your overall company and what it is that you do, right? And your intellectual property and your unique methodology and all of those things. But for the streamlining stage, like this is really all around designing offer flow and creating more sustainable sales within your business. And so having your methodology dialed in, having a framework that communicates that, very, very important. Okay. So I really do think a framework is a necessary ingredient for the refining, streamlining, and scaling stages. So if that is you, it is time for you to do this work. If you're in the building stage, might not quite be there yet, right? Unless you meet one of those exceptions where you've already been a service provider for a while, and it's time for you to integrate that wisdom into the processes you want to be guiding your people through inside this new methodology, whether that be coaching, consulting, or support role you are stepping into, okay? So I hope that this episode is helpful. Just starting to think about your own intellectual property, building out your body of work, how we create frameworks, what they are, all the different types of them. There is no framework too small. And I really hope that it invites you to really up-level the way that you are thinking about your processes and even just starting to name things, name things, because now they become personal. They become yours. They become unique to you and how you walk through the world. So my friends, until next time, I am wishing you the courage to keep going, keep showing up, even when things feel uncertain, knowing, trusting, and believing that the next right step is always on its way. See you soon.